It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 52 of the TTM Sports Show, the podcast where you get your daily or weekly dose for that matter of all things sport. My name is James Harrison. My name is James Hounsell. And together we are TTM Sports. So James, we arrive at January the 1st, 2022. Take us away. What's the subject matter for this uh, for this show? Well, firstly, uh, Happy New Year, James. Um, I haven't seen you in the flesh yet this year, so uh, a very Happy New Year to you. Well, very um, Happy New Year to you too, James. And obviously, very Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Um, well, a lot to look forward to, isn't there? You know, you know of, going away with England to. again this year is, is going to be a real highlight, I think. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Mm. Yeah, so we look forward to be following England uh, more more definitely through the next year uh, with the the Nations League groups now being announced as well. So it's all looking good on that front. Um, but we're going to leave England behind for for this, uh, this episode. So we're going to have a bit of a mid-season review, James. I think, you know, we often do the big kickoff at the start of the year. And we go through through things at the start. It's nice to touch in with what's going on, the lay of the land, what the landscape is like at the moment, because no doubt it's obviously changed since we first started doing these sort of predictions and that at the start of the season. So we're going to go talk, we're going to talk about the relegation battle, which has uh, uh, been given a real shot in the arm for Newcastle January the 1st. We've already seen a bid go in for Kieran Trippier, allegedly. Um, so that ball is rolling. Uh, we're going to look at the top four race slash Europe. So certainly the uh, probably I would say realistically between fourth and eighth has probably become a bit of a battle for those, you know, the last Champions League place and the Europa League places. And then obviously the dreaded Conference League place as well. So that is going to hot up, especially with United getting Ranić, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the title, which might not take long to do after today's result, but we will do it anyway, James, because it does concern you, yourself and your club. Um move on we're going to talk about things which have impressed us most this season in the Premier League as well as some of the big surprises that were things we maybe weren't expecting to happen so we're going to go through some of those predict a few of the cups uh predict the league title which again as I mentioned is pretty much yeah, something's got to go wrong now um and then we're just generally going to have a chit chat James aren't we and see what the what the crack is 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Premier League season so far seems to be going the the, the normal way. It does seem to be going the way we thought it would, uh, aside mm. of the relegation battle. Um, obviously, Norwich City, bottom of the pile. Out goes Daniel Farker. In comes Dean Smith, courtesy oh, you're a big of, fan of Stephen Dean Gerrard. Smith, James, aren't you? You're a very big fan of. Uh, yeah, Dean I am. Smith, he's, a, he's a good manager. I think he done well at Warsaw. He done well at Brentford. He done well at Villa, in my opinion. He was very unlucky with injuries at the time he was sacked, um, and obviously uh, from from there he's gone into Norwich. They've had a bit of a green shoot recently. However, that has started to tail off with a whimper. Yeah, I mean they've they've lost their last two games and conceded eight goals without scoring. So. I'm I'm afraid to say Norwich uh, and your fans, you know, you're only three points away from safety, but, you know, games in hand all around you. Where, where's a win going to come from? Where's a goal going to come from? So I think Norwich, I think we can safely say they're down. I would, I would even probably put them out of the conversation now at this point. I don't know how you feel about that, James. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think, uh, I, I think, uh, I think Norwich are down. I think they're gone. I think it's going to take a, a minor miracle of supernova cataclysmic, you know, pr- proportions to escape. Not even Houdini um, would be able to get out of this one. Um, however, it is still three points and we've saw stranger things happen. They're going to need to really sort of change the, the, the club structure and ideology if they're going to go into the January market. Well, you know what you need to do is they need to buy some players and go route one. It's mm. very simple. That's exactly what they're going to need to do. They can't be playing pretty football, you know, and and, and they were also, uh, the Norwich City fans were singing for, uh, who's that guy who won the World Cup for Scotland in the summer against England? Uh, you know, yeah, it was the new Pele. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, we know when Scotland won the World Cup at Wembley. Um, yeah, and he won straight after as well. So fair he did, yeah. Um, me personally with Billy Gilmore I don't like Chelsea I don't like Scotland I don't like Billy Gilmore so um, I never bought into the hype um, like many people did Um, certainly the media went way overboard with it after that Scotland game Um, so yeah it's nice to see him struggling to be fair Absolutely. Uh, from there, Newcastle United. I mean, where the hell that? do you start with it? I don't think they're going down. I think uh, money talks, uh, and I think they'll just buy them, buy themselves out out, out of this relegation scrap heap that they're simple. in. Well, that's what people say, but I think it is. Just look really? at Manchester City. You know, I think uh, as far as I'm concerned, money fixes absolutely everything. And I think um, I'm just going to chuck it out there. I- I'm just going to chuck it straight out there. My, my, uh, Newcastle have been playing well of, of late. I actually think they've been playing well and not getting the breaks. I thought they were good at Anfield. I thought they were unlucky against Manchester United the other week as well. I thought they were fantastic there. Um, I-, I think they're actually playing well. They're just not picking up the results. And the problem you've got, the problem you've got is they can't keep a centre forward fit and firing. Because no, the mean, midfield that, seems to be doing with, well. Uh, with Callum Wilson, though. Um, the thing is with Newcastle, which they've got on their side, which has been spoken about so much, and everybody knows it, but it, it is a factor. Once you get that 52,000 crowd behind you and the buzz and everything else uh, around that goes around Newcastle with the fans, you know, the atmosphere in the city, it's right smack bang in the city centre. Once the buzz gets going, I think they can ride that. And they start bringing in a few marquee signings and everyone gets behind it. I think that that's what will really drive them through. Um, and I think they might just about survive on passion and sort of... Well, I, I think this is um, I think this is dead set. Uh, I don't think Burnley really? are going to get out of trouble. Um, I, I, no, they've got games in hand, but they're not picking up points. They've won one game all season. But they haven't lost as many. You know, they, they, they're very hard to beat, obviously, as we know. 
Um, they've only but lost Jules, games. Where is Jules? And we'll, we'll talk. Well, we'll talk about Liverpool in a moment, and you talk about draws being a contributing factor in the title race, which um, you know it has been. You could also argue the same draws uh, are potentially being a contributing factor within the relegation battle. Because if you're looking at the league table as things stand, January the 1st, Norwich bottom 10 points, Newcastle second bottom 11 points, then Burnley 11 points, granted three games in hand, then Watford. Now, if you're looking at draws, they've lost 13, Burnley have lost 7. Yet the mm. two points clear because they've won three more games. And of course, yeah. there's games in hand. Of course, I get that. But for me, I think it's Norwich, Burnley and Watford that go. Um, I don't think Everton will go. Think, I don't think Leeds will go. I, I, th- I, I genuinely believe it's Norwich, Burnley and Watford. Interesting to talk, say that about Leeds because I was actually going to throw it in there. I think they're in trouble. I think Leeds are in real trouble there. And they haven't hit any sort of form all season, really. Um, I know we spoke about the, the, the factor of the fans and everything else. Uh, with Newcastle, you could say the same for Leeds as well, but I think that's a very hard um, place to keep happy uh, is Ellen Road. And Bielsa, so stuck in his ways as he is, he's not going to, he's not going to crack, you know, in January and go and suddenly sign a 30 million pound striker to bang him out of it. It's just not part of his ethos. Ethos. Yeah. He's, it's not part of his, you know, what he's all about. Um, he's going to continue to try and play the way he wants to play with with players who he believes are capable of doing that. You know, you look around at that, that um, lead squad at the moment, they've got no Phillips or Liam Cooper until March. Um, they could be right in trouble by then. But they've got Bamford. Um, I mean, I saw Bam- him in the flesh. Bamford's he was awful. Goal. He's hardly scored a goal this season. I think personally, yeah. Bielsa enters the market, uh, James, he enters the market, not for a player, but for a new sit down stool maybe you can get an upgrade <laughs> yeah exactly i think he's more likely to enter the market for a deck chair than he is for you know a center back that however he needs however um one victory for leeds you know they're mid-table pretty much aren't they let's be honest um you know and they've got that game in hand as well which of course everybody's got to win them you've got to win them yet yeah. and, and that's uh yeah, that's that's the thing you know that's but what Tottenham think, fans think... were banking on wasn't it but you've got to win them yet yeah. I think Leeds' squad is, is um, when you actually compare it, when you take out Phillips for the next three months and Liam Cooper, who's their captain and centre-half, um, you factor into that that Bamford's not been firing this season. Rodrigo hasn't really hit the heights this season, been in and out of form. Jack Harris hasn't hit the heights. I mean, who's going to score their goals? Ger- Gerhardt, who's a 19-year-old striker that's never scored a senior goal? No, I, I understand that. I, I do, I do thin, understand mate. that. It is, it's, it's wafer-thin. It's, it's thinner than of, the sun shield on the James talent. Webb Space Telescope. That's how thin that is. But uh, it's full of quality talent, but it's but it's not full of experienced Premier League players that can drag you out of that. It's well, who's who's your bottom three? Rest. Who's your bottom three? Norwich are down. Yeah, I think Newcastle are in trouble. I think I think there I think there's a few of them in trouble. But I think what I think I'm right. Do you think I it's think up to Everton, right or do you think Brentford are uh, being sucked into this? Mm. Again, you just never know. You remember this time in 2008, Hull were, what, fourth, something like that? Ridiculous. At Christmas, they went on a run of not winning a game for like 13 games or something like that. And and they fell down that table pretty quickly. A lot can happen. We're only halfway through. Um, You know, Villa were right down there six weeks ago. Um, 
you know, it, it can change very quickly. So I, I think Watford have probably not got enough about him. And, and as great as Ranieri has been in the past, I think he's probably not really the right man nope. for that. We saw not that when he was at Fulham. Um, Burnley, I think, will be all right because they just always will be all right. Um, I think they they look all right when you see them play. They don't look like a team that are really struggling. They know what they're doing. Um, so I think Watford and Norwich are going to go down. And then I'm going to put put it out there. Leeds are going to go down. Leeds. Okay, well, mm. you know, that that's your sorry prediction. To, um, friends of mine who are Leeds United fans, but I'm sorry to say you're in trouble. Leeds United to be relegated. No, I, I think there's I think they stay up. I, I honestly after everything that that club went through, you will find that the fans they will they won't be trigger happy. I think they spend a little bit in January, not much. I think they'll they'll stay up. They don't want to be back trapped uh, within that league again. Now, obviously, our attention needs to turn to the title race at the top of the table. As things stand, Manchester City are as far away really, as Pluto is from the sun. It, it, it is an absolutely incomprehensible gap. Even at this you know, point? Well, the most, you know, the most hardcore of Liverpool fans even now surely have to acknowledge defeat at Snapper Bridge uh, tomorrow afternoon may signal the end of that title run because City, of course, if Liverpool were to win at, at Stamford Bridge, if they were to win... It goes to it, it, and you know, and win the game in hand. It will go to it will go to three points, won't it? Yeah. Spur, so um, they no, no they would then have to beat City at City. Liverpool conceded in the title race in January, or you conceded it in December. So you conceded the title race before the year had even finished. Um, for a team that uh, you know, that I think it was stupid results. As, um, you know, supposedly as great as they are, um, it's typical. Uh, a typical Liverpool fan defence mechanism. Just yeah, well, we're not in the title race. Oh, hold on a minute. Since it's effort, can you forward. can you remember a time where I've said this season that we're going to win the league? Um, not specifically, no. But writing yourselves off at this sort of time, all the negativity we had in the summer as well. I just think there's a lot of negativity coming from Liverpool fans. And do you know what? Do you know where I think all that negativity comes from? It comes from top man. And I've got to say, Jurgen Klopp, like he was last year at times, is proving himself to be a bit of an asshole. What do you think about Jurgen Klopp at the minute? Is he um, at the crack starting the show in the uh, in the man? No, not whatsoever. Alex Ferguson made a career of it at Man United. They lost 6-3 to Southampton. He said he come straight out and said they didn't like the grey kit. So it's OK for him to say that. But it's not all right for, for Jurgen Klopp to say, you know, uh, quotes and opinions of a similar ilk. Why is it any no, different? I, I, no, I, I never said it was OK for Alex Ferguson to do that. But I do think Jurgen Klopp at times is just living in a completely different universe. I think he's frustrated. Community. I think he is frustrated. As am I and a, and a fair few other Liverpool fans. I don't speak on probably the majority of the Liverpool fans when I say this. Is I think we should have been more active in the summer. Um, I've I've always been an advocate of that. I, I've said all the way through. You know, we brought Canate in, which solved the defensive issues which dogged the, the club last year. Everybody talking about Leeds United having major injury issues, and that's why they are where they are, and that's acceptable, and that's all okay. But when no, it's I Liverpool, la, you know, but when it's Liverpool last season, oh no, it's just an excuse. Well, it, you know, twenty-three different centre-back partnerships. I think he's got every right to have a good moan. But as a fan, going back to the the main lead point, you know, we brought Canate in. 
we've brought nothing else in and mm. and that worries me a little bit now obviously they will bring you know I, I saw a good article in 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 the week about covid and how it's impacted the club and how it's impacted the financial structure of the club the the reality is that you know the reason why they don't spend is, is to keep that we have a business model um that, that we've stuck to which has proven very very it's worked out really well actually but it can be frustrating because as a fan we know that they could flex some some muscle and and spend a bit of money but the reality is they won't deviate because obviously uh, all clubs have lost a lot of money during covid but liverpool um haven't really been affected because we don't really spend much anyway just just see what i mean so our books are pretty much Hang on a minute. The, the same liverpool do spend really who have we spent money on uh well 45 million pound on diego jota no it was 35 million was and that was paid over 5 years um, you spent money on Thiago. He must be on some big wages. What, like like when Alden was? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Um. Okay. No, seventy-five million pound on Van Dijk. Uh, yeah, the, million pound yeah. on Allison. And that's I know the continue money. Say. I know what you're going to say, but it's so true. So, okay. That being said, then why don't they spend the money, and is that the problem? And do you think they could? Be well, the, that's you know that's what I'm saying. That breaks the camera's back with Klopp. You know, is he? No, it's not Klopp's. Fault? No, that's what I'm saying. It's not Klopp's fault. It's the no, owners. That's not his fault. It's not, it's at the at the Champions League final against Tottenham, we were promised by our owner funds to go out there and spend big to really, really put some pressure on because it's quite obvious. Everybody knows Liverpool's shortcomings. It's as soon as you get outside that top 14, 15 players, it drops like a stone. Yeah. It, re- it really does drop like yeah, a stone now. And, and that seems to be the issue. You know, we're playing with Tyler Morton in the middle of midfield. That's not good enough. If we're supposed to be challenging for the Premier League title, in my opinion, it's not good enough. I'm not getting angry because I know there's a long game. We know that there's, you know, potentially something big happening in the summer. And if it doesn't happen, you will find that those protests that were planned a few months ago because we didn't buy anybody and, you know, the money that this club have made over the past couple well, of so seasons. Hang on a minute. So there, were, there, were, there was going to be protests. Yes. Yeah. So sex, sex sections of the Liverpool supporters were very frustrated at the fact because allegedly we have made a lot of money through our competition victories, through consistently qualifying for the Champions League and it hasn't been reinvested back into the playing squad to the level of where we're at and and it's been very very frustrating for us we spent we spent 30 million or yeah was it 30 million on on Canate yeah. you know we would have made that for qualifying for the Champions League so what they actually you know the season before that we brought in no one if you remember to defend the title we brought in absolutely no one and and you know as far as i'm concerned who who have we brought in the season before that when we won the league in fact we didn't. We didn't bring anybody in there. So, so we haven't really made a marquee signing for nearly three years since Van Dijk and Allison. Well. We haven't done it. You know, Yotta has been fantastic, and I can't deny or dispute but yeah, that. Yeah, but claim. he's not a marquee. I get what you're but saying. he wasn't a marquee signing no. at the time. Um, so, you know, from a Liverpool perspective, there was protest plans to say, "Where's the money? Where, where's the money?" So, so I, you, I don't feel. I, I know it seems to be the biggest bugbear in in. Football for football fans at the moment, particularly it the feels like I'm following a championship club or a, or a League One or League Two when you sell your best player for five million and they didn't reinvest it. Where's the money? But you know, again, it's a first world problem. We, we won every mm. single game in the Champions League in a very difficult group, in my opinion. We had a tough group, we had AC Milan, Atletico Madrid. You know, we, we won every game. We, if we win our games in hand, we go back to three or four points behind City. If you beat them at the Etihad, it's on. But that's a lot of work. I mean, mm. you could you could also argue we, we've had a bit of a shit run. You know, 
Tottenham away, followed by Leicester away, followed by Chelsea away. It isn't the the ideal, um, you know, solution, especially over the Christmas period. Uh, so, th- so that's quite difficult. You haven't played as many games as some of the other teams because you've had postponements. We've had one, which was Leeds United. Yeah. So oh, well, at home. So Klopp's been moaning about this fixture congestion and everything else, but you haven't really played many more games than you normally would. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not disputing which is where that. I'm, which is where I think he's wrong. I think he's been very clever. I think he's been very clever with the mind games. He's putting pressure on referees. He's doing He's doing exactly what Sir Alex Ferguson did all those years ago. All those years, it's exactly the same. He's puts pressure on through the media, onto the other managers, onto the league organisers, onto the officials, onto the clubs, onto everybody, because it deflects the situation away from the fact that Liverpool have underperformed the last couple of weeks. So it's a, you'll find when things are going well, it doesn't really say anything wrong and when things are going bad he's it's his fault it's his fault you know it's a I, I i side of him how can i as a liverpool fan really argue with jürgen klopp i, I can't I, where were we before uh, yeah, we come in we were awful so uh, and, you know back to the title race i think chelsea um i i did say at the beginning of the season it would be a three-horse title race that's proven to be true chelsea is still in it um you know we saw crazy things happen in football before they ain't won it yet city but they've took a big step over this christmas period to really put oh, in yeah, a they, let's just say if you're in a hundred meter race they've they've took a stride further forward than 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 us uh, and, yeah. and and chelsea you know the romelu lukaku revelations over the past couple of days have absolutely rocked Stamford over the bridge and far away um oh, you know I've got, to, I've got to, we've got to talk about that james I mean, that's what, disgraceful what the hell is going on what is going on if harry kane had come out and said that in the summer yeah yeah like he did or yeah. now, i don't want to be or, you know if he'd have come out now and Hold said, on a minute yeah well i wanted to leave in this uh, so, 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 hold on a minute. So, so, just say what you've just realised now. You've, uh, you've dropped a clanger. You've dropped a clanger, James Hounsell, on the TTM Sports Show all the way towards the end of last season and all through the summer. You know that moment where you broke down and I said, "It's okay, it's all right." When we're saying, you know, he's got to go, and he said he wanted to go. You've just said that Romelu Lukaku's out of order. Why wasn't Harry Kane? Harry Kane never actually came out and said <laughs> the things that Harry Kane said compared to what Lukaku, which is well, bearing yeah. in mind Lukaku, it's a completely different situation. Harry Kane's been at Tottenham since he was about four years old. He's pitched in an Arsenal show, yeah, yeah. And everything for that club, apart from become or apart from win a trophy, obviously, and and become yeah. the all-time leading top goal scorer. But in terms of doing his bit for the club, I would say Harry Kane was. It's not the same situation, but what Lukaku has done, he's just signed for Chelsea for £100 million. £100 million or £97.24 or whatever. £100 million. His Wouldn't it wages, be amazing if they went, it's plus that? <laughs> well, yeah. But his wages have probably gone from 200 grand a week into to 350 or mm. close to 400. You know, he's almost doubled his wages, which is... Signing on for He's, he's earning nearly half a million pound a week to play for Chelsea. And he's got the audacity to come out and say, yeah, but I didn't really, really want to go there. It's Six never going to work in. for him at Chelsea, is it? It's never going to work. It didn't in the past. It's clearly not now. Tuchel has come out and stated that uh, it doesn't help the situation. No, well, I'm sorry, that. Tom. Well, But I'm sorry. In Lukaku's defence... I don't think there if is a defence. If you, if you are brought in to do a job in any industry... And the manager above you changes 
the rule book and the processes to not allow you to perform at the top of your game, you have every reason to say, well, why have I came here? Because I agree with you. You shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't have said it. What you should have done is sat tight and then and then put in a transfer request at the end of the season. Yeah, that's what I would. Have, that's what I would have done. However, in his defence and behind closed doors, if you're Romelu Lukaku, imagine you were playing for Tottenham. You've made a transfer. I don't know to Lazio. Yeah, or or, or Spanitzola, someone on the same level as Tottenham. Right? You've gone over there. You've played really, really well. Okay, you've decided to come back and give it another go. All right, and what happens is, is your manager decides to change change the way you play, whereas a target man isn't really needed. He's changed it to to suit other players. So what he's now become is a square peg in a round hole. So I get his frustration. What's not right is the way that he's gone around in saying what he said. And it's, it's classic um, Mina Raiola client behaviour. You know, you get the same thing with all his other clients, with Pogba, Haaland, all these guys that have got too much to say for themselves. At the end of the day, Lukaku, you signed to Chelsea. He was quite happy to sit down and sign a five-year deal, six-year deal in the summer for all that money and everything else, and all the, you know, everything that goes along with it, the social media posts and everything else, and posing around and thinking you're a big dick around London which is great, you know, but come in and do what you've been brought in to do. If you have to, you know, you're a hundred million pound striker, a world-class striker. All right. You have to slightly modify your game. Get on the training pitch and work on it. Yeah. But the the guy's in the prime of his career. I I think though, but we're we're not talking about a 27 to 45 million pound striker here who can, you know, let's say adapt your game. You're a, you're a hundred million pound player. So you have to remember there's a big ego attached. So would Ronaldo change his style of play for Ranić? Would Messi change his style of play for Pochettino? Would Neymar change his style of play? Would Salah change his style of play? Would Harry Kane or Lewandowski change their style of play? Lukaku has to be spoken in the same breath. As you would argue, a Sadio Mane, he has to be spoken in the same breath as quite clearly a, a, a Son. You know, would would these players, if they got that big massive dream move, change their style of play? I, I, I'm siding with the player here because he's given up a very good, comfortable position in Italy. His family very well settled in Italy, performing extremely well, scoring lots and lots of goals, and actually he's gone to a club and the manager's gone. Mm, uh, yeah, I think I need to change this. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And, and from that perspective, you can see why he might be a little bit frustrated. But give it some time. You've, you've only just... Oh, of course. That. I'm and with you 100%. Ripping up trees. No. Necessarily. But, no, to, and, but also, um, by the other side of it, we scored in his last two games. He came on against Villa. And yeah, but remember, that interview, that interview was conducted early December. Oh, well, he wasn't in the team. And it's been obviously released. He's, no, you've been got to remember. he's been injured as well. Has he? Wow. You know, so you know, yeah. So that's so that's Chelsea. Um, in terms of the title race, you know, I, I still I think can't it, I predict think a winner. I think it's, it's, I think the title race is. Uh, I think. Well, I, I come back to me in two weeks, and I, and I'll tell yeah. you. I, I think we'll know in the next two to three weeks what what's going on cities, there. I think it's cities to lose. I still uh, think I it's think a bit early for that. You know, you got to remember if if the Reds win both their games, um, and then win at City. You are neck and neck, it's on. And, you know, we do know this Liverpool team can go on those runs too. They're the only team that can match Man City. That's been proven yeah. time and time again think, over yeah. the past four or five years. However, 
No Sadio Mane and no Mohamed Salah um, could be huge. So before we dive into any transfer business and before we dive into our you know top players and our picks throughout the season, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the race for the let's say the fourth Champions League spot, which obviously culminates in the Europa League qualification and obviously the Intertoto uh, Milk Worthington Cup level competition, the uh, the the uh, Continental European Cup. What's it called? Conference League. Yeah. Conference League. So, uh, just to clarify, then we're saying Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, top three. Uh, not in that order, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I don't necessarily think that order, but um, okay. So that that being said, then I still think, I still think that uh, Chelsea can maybe be dragged back into third, fourth place a little bit, depending on the form of the teams below them. Um, I think Chelsea are more likely to slip up and drop points than Liverpool are. Um, I think Liverpool and Man City will be the top two, and I personally think Man City will win it. Uh, Liverpool can afford um, to lose at Chelsea tomorrow, and I still believe that they'll finish above Chelsea. That's yeah, not me so being I, arrogant. I, I, I just think it's... Yeah. I think where it really hots up is it's going to be between Arsenal, West Ham, Spurs, and Man United, who's going to finish fourth. That's going to be a real battle. Um, very much like it was last year, when it was a real battle for fourth place. Yeah, again, I think Leicester, Leicester have left involved. it too late. I think Leicester they've left, left it too it, late. Left it a bit too late. And Wolves, again, you know, they've got a couple of games in hand, but again, you've got to win them. But, you know, it does put them in amongst it a little bit. United are going to come back strong. I mean, where do we even start with them? Um, I, all I want to say is, is um, you know, I think the prediction of the year has to go to me regardless, is I did say at the beginning of the season after they signed the players... I said what was going to happen. I said it all the way through, and I was right on that. So I will take yeah, I, I, your Chris yeah, Wilder one, one last season. I think I won this season with with that one, yeah, and and then look where we are. We're January the second, and they're seventh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been an absolute disaster for them. Um, They've only lost I, five games, though. Yeah, but I don't know. They've got a couple of games in hand as well. I think Spurs and United could maybe be. Although they're sixth and seventh, I think we might finish fourth and fifth. Um, United and Spurs. I, I can't. I, I wouldn't discount Arsenal. Just run out of gas. And like, yeah, I think Arsenal, with the without being in um, Europe, is going to become a factor. Spurs are out of Europe as well now, so that could become a factor. West Ham, their their squad is going to get seriously stretched over the next few weeks and months. Um, so I'm I very, very Ham. pleased with how they've done this season. That they've backed it up, and that, yeah, and that was exactly, a big yeah. difference. They've, they've managed to back up what happened last year. Yeah. Um, so you know, Leicester, you just don't know which one you're going to get. I mean, yeah, you 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 had you had the one at Man City, and then four days later, the one against Liverpool. And you know, unfortunately for Liverpool, we got the one that, that we didn't want. But uh, yeah. the reality yeah, is, um, yeah, Leicester you know, aren't really in, in in the hunt at the minute. You know, they can make a late push for seventh, maybe. If I was to I say think... who's going to get that last Champions League spot, I'm going to put myself out there, and I think Arsenal get it. Really. Yeah, I think they're growing in consistency like the top three against the lower teams, whereas Tottenham are struggling to get past teams at the moment. Yes, they're starting to pick up results. They've got games in hand, but they've got to win them. Um, hey, Man, you know, Man United, you don't know what you're going to get. We're 10 games unbeaten in the, in the league at the moment, or um, eight, nine games unbeaten in the league at the moment, Spurs. I think Conte's got us organised. I think, you know, there's a clear change in the style of play. The intensity is more, the effort, the running pressing everything that you want from a Conte side is starting to happen. Um, I still think we lack quality 
in some areas, certainly in depth. I mean, I saw Matt Doherty come on and play left wing back on uh, on Monday, and it was like seeing me playing left wing back for Tottenham. It was it was embarrassing. Um, so I think there are areas that need improvement, but I think you've got the right man in the in the door, sat in the correct chair to make those decisions. And I and I think I think with with a with a couple of shrewd additions in January, I think we could be looking pretty 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 ominous or like you know like a pretty decent side going into the rest of the season with no European football as well um I'd like to think we would do well in the FA Cup I would like to think we're going to give it a good go against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup as well um with Man City out of the competition it, it does open it up to the likes of um it does open it up to the likes of Spurs um Liverpool obviously still in the competition as well um, and Arsenal will probably fancy it as well. So there's, you know, that's a good competition going in, going into the semi-finals of that one. So I think it's excellent. I, I think Spurs and Man United, United again. But can United really go out and buy anyone in January? Do they need to? You know, they've spent a lot of money in the summer. Their squad isn't thin. I wouldn't say they've got plenty of options. You know, we've barely seen Donny Van der Beek do, get. A do you know? What, do you know what the reality is here, though? I'll tell. You- well, very quickly on Donny van der Beek. Whenever he's played, whenever I've watched him, he's played well. But um, yeah, the, the uh, you know, in, in English football at the moment, that one. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, would Real Madrid be uh, sat in seventh, fifth, sixth, seventh for three or four consecutive seasons? No. Would you know? Would exactly? Would Barcelona? Would um, no? They wouldn't. I know they're having issues this season, but come on, let, let's be brutal. Let's be brutally honest. You can see what they're building there. If you, if you read between the lines at Barcelona, and you look at those youngsters, they got a team of wonder kids. Um, would uh, would would Bayern Munich or Dortmund be down there for for consistently three or four years? No, I, I think Man United um, will come back extremely extremely strong. I think uh, Ranić will just stabilize them. Um, can they get top four? If there's one club out of those four clubs that could put a run together, it would be them um, that I would put my house on Tottenham. Again, you don't know what you're going to get. They could go on a run, but more often than not, they will draw at home to Crystal Palace. Um, so so the reality is there. I, I think Arsenal get it. I think they're in good form. I think they've got a good young bunch of players there, good manager. They've rid the storm um, r- really, really well, actually. The Arsenal's issues against the top sides where they struggle. Against yeah. everybody else, they do well. Um, West Ham are going to fall. I think they'll finish sixth or seventh. Um, I also believe that it's going to be between Arsenal, Tottenham and, and Manchester United. No European football for Tottenham could be a big factor. Um, yeah. I still think Arsenal get it though. I just, you know, Tottenham could go and win their two games in hand and be three points clear, four points clear of Arsenal. But it's a it's a long, tough old season. Um, I think I think personally it would be Arsenal followed by United, Tottenham, West Ham. Yeah, I mean, I think the important thing for Tottenham is to, at the very least we need to finish in the top six. We need to get back into the, at least in the Europa League, ideally the Champions League. But I would I would take a fifth or sixth right now if you offer. Would you argue answer. that West Ham have got more of a case to be involved in a European Super League than Tottenham? At the moment, um, no. Why not? Uh, let's, let's not go down this road again. Um, but why not? Why not? Yeah, why are Tottenham involved? Because they've got a nice stadium. Right, so West Ham. Uh, we we're also, you know, we've been in the Champions League for what five of the last seven seasons, you know, which is which which is pretty consistent if you ask me, compared to an Arsenal who haven't been in it for eight years. Well, so we're Leicester um, two out of the last three. Leicester have only been in it once. 
Well, I disagree with that, but uh, basically, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is. Anyway, anyway, moving moving on forward. Uh, team of the season so far for you. Mine is Brighton or Palace, uh, but Brighton have done quite well, I think. Brighton, Brighton, so Brighton yeah, Brighton. Have, yeah, I agree. I watched Brighton the other night against Chelsea, and I think um, some of the, the actual players, the technicians, and that that they've got. Um, they've got some really good players now. They've made some good, shrewd little additions in the summer as well. I like the uh, the guy at fullback. What's his name? Cucurella, um, the left back with the big hair. I think he's a good player. Um, you know, the ball he put in for Danny Welbeck's header on on uh, what was a Tuesday, Wednesday night. I've lost track of days now. Well, um, great, good, great goal. Um, you know, I just like to see a bit of depth now. I like the guy uh, Alexis McAllister. Um, yeah, yeah, I let him go famously him. on Football Manager. I let yeah, him go. Um, uh, we all know about Leonardo Trossard. Um, I, I just think they they look like they've got a bit more quality about them now. Um, Basuma, every time I see him play, he just seems to get better. Um, I think you know, even even you know, even the goalkeeper, um, you know, Spanish international uh, Sanchez. So I think that they're a good side, Brighton and Graham Potter. Just quietly, you know, they had a good start. Just quietly dipped off a little bit now. But again, they're, they're picking up the results where they need to. Um, they picked yeah, up four, look, four look, points let's in the last be two honest. games. James, let's be honest. Man City, Chelsea and Liverpool have all lost two games. The next team is Brighton on four games. Then you start going mm. five, six, seven, eight. So you look at it, again, it's draws. Are draws actually good anymore? You know, so, I mean, Tottenham Hotspur are a perfect example of this. They are where they are because those draws that they've managed to sneak wins. Just, just see what yeah. I mean? If you turn them yeah. into draws, you're in dire straits. So I think, uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Brighton, yeah. Brighton have been good. Yeah, um, so, yeah, Brighton. And, and also, funny you mentioned Palace, although uh, um, Palace, I, I dislike Patrick Vieira, obviously, but you, you can't help but, but look at what he's done to Palace. You're going to say love or admire? Uh, no, I don't love or admire Patrick Vieira. Uh, I respect him as a player, um, but he's done a lot better than I expected. I've got to be honest. The way he's transformed that stale, aging, uninspiring, boring Wilfred Zaha reliant team into what it is now, um, you've got to look at it and say, fair play. Um, he's actually made Palace quite exciting. I know they lost a minute ago to West Ham. Um, you know, conceding three goals at home, but you know that they're, they're, they're safe mid-table, which is, I would say, a bit better than what they have been doing, which is sort of just about being steadily 14th or 15th. And so you could see Palace finish, maybe you know, maybe even top half. So, um, in terms of, uh, so mine was Brighton. Who's yours? Uh, so my, the team that's impressed me the most, and I think they've been an absolute breath of fresh air to the Premier League, is Brentford. Um, Brentford, I think, have been excellent. I think I really like Thomas Frank. He's a straight talker. Um, seems to know what he's doing. He's got an idea of what he wants to do. Seems to be able to get the best out of which what would look on paper is some quite average set of players in some, some respects. But they've got what they have got is some strikers that can cause some problems. And they've got some guys in the wing-back areas and out wide with a little bit of quality that can provide for these guys. You know, Ivan Tony. everyone knows Ivan Tony. You can talk about Ivan Tony for, forever and a day because he's a great striker and he's a handful in the Premier League. But I like Brian Buemo as well. Um, and also the guy, um, Johan Wisser, um, who, who seems to, you know, be a problem as well. Um, they've got some good players. I always think, uh, look at the guy, the, uh, is it Saman Godos? 
the the Iranian. I, I don't um, even know who the hell that is, but uh, I'll, I'll take he, it. He, yeah. won the, he won the penalty against Watford a couple of weeks ago when they snuck that one. Um, and he always looks handy, but he never seems to start. But I always look, I think that is a player with some real quality. Um, uh, the guy, the ex, ex um, Liverpool guy, the winger, Sergi Canos, again, another one that can cause teams of problems, got some quality, some end product, you know, wants to feed the strikers. I think, I think Brentford are good. They're a real problem. Um, so they've impressed me the most. I like the stadium, the atmosphere and everything. I think they're a breath of fresh air to the Premier League when you compare them to some of these sides that keep coming up. West Broms, Norwiches, and don't really excite anyone and end up just going down with a whimper. Um, so that's the ones for me. Uh, biggest surprises of the season then. The biggest surprises, I'll go first with mine, James. The biggest surprise for me is Everton. How dull are Everton? What are they? What do they think they are? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to be? And what the hell are they doing with Rafa Benitez in charge? Like, well, it's not his fault, is it? He's not allowed to spend any money. Um, I feel sorry. I think Rafael Benitez has been extremely unlucky. Look at his last couple of clubs. Newcastle, no money. Worked miracles to keep them and got them to where they were. Everton, but he's got he, no money, mate. He's got no money. But did Rafa Benitez do anything at Newcastle that Steve Bruce didn't? Yeah, they actually looked half decent in his second season in charge. Um, Everton, I'm oh, sorry. He's walked through the door. Okay, he hasn't been able to spend an awful amount of money. He's no. walked through the door. Yeah, he's had Sigurdsson. He Sigurdsson's obviously got off the field, well-documented issues. So you've got a, you know, a, a player, let's say, to that football club, uh, an integral part of that squad, which is which has been taken away. Okay, rightfully so. If if there's everything is, you know, you know, I'm not going to go into that. It's not right, but you you know what I'm saying is, you know, it's a 45 right, million right, pound player. Yeah, but it's a forty-five million pound player that that's not there now. If you're looking at um, James Rodriguez again on his day, can perform extremely well. He's not there. You've had injuries to Luca Dino. You've had an injury, massive injury to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you also had uh, the the bloke in the middle, Alain. He's been injured. So they, they've had terrible injuries, and on a, the the squad was already wafer thin. They've had terrible injuries and players that have that uh, left the football club. That squad's not wafer thin. That squad is not wafer thin. You look at I I look at it a different way, James. Um, I'm Rafa surprised Benitez, by them because they started how they should have. Yeah, Rafa Benitez has walked in the door. Okay, before you've even before you've even stepped off, you know, stepped into your office, where you've got the England number one in goal off the back of again to the Euros final and being again. As always, a cult hero for England. Well, usually, with the performance in the penalty shootout in the Euros, you'll be looking at a, a winning goalkeeper. There exactly. Because, yeah. exactly. So, but that's before you've even looked at any of the rest of your team. You've got Seamus Coleman, who, let's be honest, is a very consistent Premier League player. Yeah, consistently boring. You've got Luca Dino, who's a French international, uh, as your left-back. You've got Yerry Mina, who is, let's be honest, a decent centre-half, a Colombian international. We all know about him from the World Cup. You've got Michael Keane, who costs about a, a billion pounds for Burnley. Um, just don't really know what he is. Um, who else have they got? You've got so many players there. Decore, uh, who they signed for about 50 Who was million. injured? You've got Alan, who they signed for about Iwobi. 50 million. You've got um, Iwobi, who was 45 million. You've got... Um, You've but that's they're not that they're but they're but, but they're not his signings. But it's irrelevant. You've got the bones of a good squad there. At Everton Summit is so wrong at that club. I think because um, they've got they, they don't know what they are. They're signing players all the time, but different types of players, not signing players. So like they've got uh, is it Angel Go Angel Gomez? 
Um, Andre Gomez, the centre midfielder from Barcelona. There you go. There's your ball player. Get it into him. Get him, you know, um, get him, get someone like a Decore alongside him. Alan, powerful centre midfielder. Yeah, with one uh, that's win. A good midfield three. But with one win, they go 12th and only three points away from Leicester. And that is true. So, uh, so I mean, you know, let's not, you know, jump, uh, you know, the, over the bandwagon. The owner, Fahad Mashiri, um, has said that they need to sell before they can buy. I think he's right because obviously in terms of financial fair play regulations, where they've spent so poorly, that's where the issue is. They've spent poorly and they've had three different managerial tenures there with players coming in under, obviously, Silva. You had Allardyce. You had... Um, Angelotti so you've had you've had managers in there that have all started to buy and spend a bit of money the problem you've got is that they're all you know different you've got diamond pegs in round holes next to square mm. pegs you know and that's yeah, the problem there's no, there there's no structure um, and, uh, and I think that's the issue. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah so there you go. He's a Brazilian international striker. Played. Up I, I, I think. Final, like. I think there's extenuating circumstances for that. I really do. But the reality is here. Uh, my surprise of the season uh, is Crystal Palace. Um, right, okay. And Patrick, we've already you know we've already spoken about it. I think Patrick Vieira so far. Um, you know they're in eleventh place. Yes, they've played a couple of games more than everybody else, but they are only three points away. From going eighth, and that will put them, uh, that that would then put them literally four or five points behind Man United. So I think uh, it's a top seven. Then you have a break, and you're into the league. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think Palace. Now let's talk about um, individual players. Um, at the moment, I'm going to come right out for it. Um, we're going to have. Superstar of the season so far, and stinker of the year so far. Mm. So. Um, <laughs> And then we'll have a notable mention. Um, my player of the year so far is Mohamed Salah. Yeah, uh, very difficult to very difficult to disagree. He's been incredible this season. Um, or has he's five he, goals. Or has he's he five been five as consistent as as he always has been. You know, and it's just finally getting the recognition. Well, like he's five goals. He's five goals clear of his next competitor in the league in the race for yeah, the Golden he's... Boot, and and also. Uh, he's also top assist maker in the Premier League as well. Um, mm. So that's what people don't talk about. So he isn't actually well, just... Yeah, well, Harry Kane set the bar last year, didn't he? Being the first player to win um, the Golden Boot and the, uh, is it, what do they call it? The, the assist king or whatever the hell they call it. Yeah, sponsored uh, by Budweiser or, you know, allegedly. But uh, yeah. but what I will say is my, um, my, my player who's been the, uh, you know, the notable mention is Emmanuel Dennis of uh, Watford. Yeah. This guy yeah, yeah. scored eight goals this season in the Premier League. That puts him in fourth place on the list. Um, I, I think that's incredible. Um, and you know, you could all, you could also argue Emil Smith Rowe with eight Premier League goals, mm, uh, yeah. and and uh, Rafinha with eight as well. So there are players out there that are doing the business for some of the clubs that, that you know we have mentioned. But for me, yeah. Emmanuel Dennis in that Watford team that are struggling so desperately poorly at the foot of the table. Uh, to still be, you know, scoring more goals or the same as Ronaldo and Son and one more than Mane uh, and more than Harry Kane. I, I think that is absolutely exceptional. Who's your uh, Who's your player of the season so far? Um, I don't know about whether he would, you know, anywhere near PFA player of the year or anything like that. But that's what but, we're asking. Who's been your player of the year so far? Uh, then at the moment, then I would say Salah. 
Um, again, I would agree with you. I think he's been excellent this season. I, um, yeah, you could say yes. Yeah, so Salah, I can't disagree with you. I don't think there's been anybody, anybody at that sort of consistent level um, as him. Uh, you know, goal, the inevitable Mo Salah, isn't it? You know, it's the inevitable. But my honorary mention, and this is going to be controversial, which was actually going to be my superstar this season so far, is is the man? It's 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 CR seven. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. You can't you can't keep this guy down. I just think I just think coming back into the Premier League at the age of thirty six years old into a struggling United side, and you know the the consistency of goals, the big goals, the big moments. I, I just think you can't you can't say anything more about him. But the guy is he's he's the greatest. Um, and, and I think he's just come back and just confirmed it. Will it work out in the end? No, it probably won't. There's already sort of cracks starting to appear. In the well, they're talking about Barcelona, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, what a move that would be again. He would go Can't though, because of the Madrid. We was going to go to Man City. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, true. Um, I, yeah, I think. Know, um, I, I get it. I think. I don't. I don't think he's a player. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's been the best player in the Premier League this season, though. So that no, was the I initial question. No, I don't question. think he's been the best player in the Premier League this who's season. Who's been the best player? So that's what we're saying. Who's who's been the well, best I it, player? I, I agreed with you and said it was Mo Salah. Um, I don't think there's been, apart from probably Salah, I don't think there's been an, an absolute standout performer this I do. Diego Jota, second top scorer yeah, in the Premier again, League. Yeah he's, yeah, he's been very good. He's, he's very the second consistent. top scorer in the Premier in League. In my opinion, it just uh, what tells me how good he is now and how... You know how highly regarded he is by Klopp and how important he is to Liverpool. He's, he's now. pushed. He's above Firmino now for me. Yeah. Um, I think he's got more pace. Um, I think he carries the ball better. I think he's his little touches, even back to goal. I think he's good, um, decent in the air. Uh, reminds me of um, uh, a lot of Lucas Moura. You know, big leap on a little guy, but more um, goals. Yeah. Good hang time. You know, he scores a lot of headers. Um, yeah, Diogo Jota. Yeah, honorary mention again. I would say, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. Not that I want to blow too much smoke up the Liverpool, up the Liverpool backside. So, so uh, you've had your so that's your that's your players there. So you so I've gone with Salah and Dennis. Um, are you going with Salah and uh, and and? Uh, I'm going with Salah and Ronaldo. Yep. Okay. Um, my stinker of the year is uh, Sale uh, for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that has been an absolute disaster. Should have went to Liverpool. I say I said this all along. He would have been he would have been getting game time. I think he would have been fitted in perfectly well. But the reality is, um he's he went for the money. They offered more money for the loan. They offered him his wages and some. And and I think uh it's massively backfired. He's really struggling. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think he's been brought off at halftime twice already this season. Um, doesn't seem to get a look in. But again, would you say it's down to bad management? I don't know. Could it be down to bad management? Could he not find a way to fit him into the team? Um, is there a reason that he was shipped out of Atletico fairly, you know, fairly quietly, considering what he's done for the club? Um, so, yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, my stinker of the season, I, I'm actually having a bit of a hard time thinking about it. Oh, I've but got a couple would, of them. I've got a couple more for say, you in a minute. Yeah. I would say another one for me, Raphael Varane. Come yeah. to the yeah. Premier League with a huge reputation. 
you know, he was paraded on the centre circle before kickoff of United's first game of the season. Yeah, like, walking off to Rio Ferdinand. Do you remember that? Yeah. Walking off to Rio yeah, Ferdinand. You know, he goes, yeah, the, you know, deliver it. worthy stuff yeah. you get from, you know, the likes of Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville in the media, um, United sort of cheerleaders. But I, I just think, uh, you know, United have only kept one clean sheet at home all season. Um, they're seventh in the league again. They're, they're hardly, you know, the defensive record's hardly ripping up any trees. So I think really... Everyone talks about how bad Maguire is, but at least, you know. At least he plays every week. Exactly, yeah, I think so. uh, another two notable poor signings uh, this season have been Brian Gill from Tottenham. Yeah, um, he With all the hype. And he's had a lot of, um, there wasn't, I don't think there was an awful lot of hype. I think it was a, it was a good positive signing. I don't and, think it'll be this season. We'll see the best of him. But he has started to, you know, make a few little appearances here and there. Um, yeah, we're in January. Yeah, he'll probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think, it, yeah. Uh, not not been great so far, so I take I take that on board. Uh, and but I think and that, also, that's one for the future. You know, you, you, you there's a there was a player brought in to challenge uh, an esteemed player, which is uh, Per Luigi Gallini uh, was brought oh, in to challenge yeah. Lloris. He was he you was brought in to say, challenge you him. Could even say Romero. Um, yeah, well, Emerson Royale. I said it at the time. Royale. He's no better than a Burger King Royale. Uh, yeah, I, I, you I, know, I, basically, it's Tottenham's old guard. It's their old guard that have gone and back up the league. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, Harry Wintz, people like that have been coming back into the side. Of, of, I think um, Vlasic at West Ham has yeah, been poor. and also the other guy, Crowd, uh, whatever his name is, Mr. Crowd with the hair, sideship Bob. Uh, he was good at the Euros, the pair of them. Um, we're, we're good at the Euros and, and not really ripped up any trees again. But is it, is it a case of Moyes is quite stuck in his structure and he wants to keep a set outside? He well, he get away from his best 11 when he can play it. I've got two more for you. Junior Farpo, um, massive. Liverpool nearly signed him a couple of years ago yeah, before yeah, he went to, uh, yeah, because he we, we nearly got him when he was at Betis when we were looking for a left back yeah. and we brought in Robertson. Um, yeah. So obviously he went I to Barcelona. He's had injuries as well. But well, again, uh, yeah, did you see him at Anfield? Um, no. He was awful. And uh, I, do you know what? One that's really disappointed me, and I feel quite sorry for him, and I think there is still hope for this player, is Joe Willock. Um, I, I don't think he's replicated mm. anywhere near no. the, the form that, that he demonstrated on loan at Newcastle last season. Yeah, um, I mean, he was up there. It was him and Lingard, really, weren't they? With the two players that both went on loan this time what? last year, and it really put James, him. Do you know how much Willock went for? Yeah, 25 million. 25 million. Mm, yeah, I mean, Arsenal rubbing their hands at that because with that money, they probably bought Tommy Asu and um, Bundia, Villa, you know, not yeah, really. Yeah, another one that's not really worked. Um, all right, then. Let's do it. Has Jack Grealish really been that good at City? Well, we need to obviously have a look at the uh, the statistical analysis of Jack Grealish this season. Um, Three Premier League goals, I think it is, or maybe even two. And one um, was in a 7-0 win and one was in a 5-0 win. As he scored in the Premier League two goals mm. uh, and he's got two assists in 14 matches. Uh, he's got one bearing goal in the Champions being, League. Bearing in mind he was being spoken about as a saviour of English football in the summer. You know, the hottest property we've produced in David Beckham, looks and ability. Um, I think you've got to say... I think he's, he's been poor. One of, and, and this is the thing, mate. This is the thing with going to City. And it would be the same if Kane went there. You just become one of the cogs in the wheel. I don't think it's the same with Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane... It's a machine that keeps turning and keeps turning. 
and you know they play the same patterns of play and they pass teams to death and the quality is so high and it is what it is um and it works and it's beautiful and Pep Guardiola is the messiah and everything else but has Jack Reese been any better than Riyad Mahrez this season? No. Has he been any better than Sterling? No, I'd still pick Sterling over Grealish for club and country. Um, has he been better than Bernardo Silva? No. Has he been better than Gabriel Jesus this season? Probably he, Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus, Jesus probably is third in the... the no, Gabriel Jesus is actually third or fourth in the assist charts in the Premier there League go. right now. You know, I would say they're all, they're all above greenish for me in the pecking order but is he at the and right Hans club he's well. probably not at the right club if he went if he'd turned up and signed for arsenal i think he would fit into that team or tottenham yeah, uh he, he would, would have fitted into a, the more of a bigger role in that uh, exactly and, and that's the problem with going to manchester city yeah. is that you are a cog in a wheel i mean when pep goes you know uh, i think it would be uh, mass celebrations throughout rippling through the league because it will open the door again um yeah. but uh, until then no so We've got we've had our predictions. We've had this episode. Um, th- this episode, you know, will be out. Uh, you know, you, as you, you as you're listening to this now, it would have been released on New Year's Day, late in the day on New Year's Day, um, which is all well and good. We'll be back with another podcast, which will be released on Tuesday evening as well. So there's always that one to look forward to. Also with Boxing Monthly later on in the week, hopefully we can get another one of those through as well. Um, but you know, from uh, from you know these 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 podcasts cannot be made possible without our primary sponsors um, prestige paving and patios from Froome and also Anstis ground and gardens from Froome as well um, those guys sponsor us fantastically well which enable us a platform to keep bringing you these in-depth and quite funny at times football conversations for your listening pleasure at home in the car in the shower anywhere you really listen to your podcast you can catch us all over the show and always keep an eye on the YouTube channel for when we drop the odd video on there too Absolutely. Um, just I want to reiterate uh, how grateful we are to our sponsors. Now, um, that wraps it up for the mid-season review. Uh, where we, What are we going to go to next? Where, what could we talk about next? We're going to be religiously pumping out podcasts uh, from, from the start of this year onwards. Um, yeah. The Christmas shutdown is over. We're bursting with, uh, with things to say. Hopefully, people want to listen. So we will be we will be bringing you regular podcasts throughout 2022. Um, but that's it from me, and that's it from me. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.